Hey everybody, it's Dave here and Darren over there, the man, the myth, the legend is joining me today. We're going to talk about the finalists in the GM search, Ryan Poles and Queasy Adolfo Menza, as well as where we sit in the head coach search, maybe talk a few offensive coordinators, and we'll end up talking corners. As in cornerbacks. Who needs those, right? <clears throat> Stick with us after the roll-in. And those that are complaining about the long roll-in, it's so that people can join us. We'll see you right back. Welcome to Two Old Bloggers, home of news and commentary for your Minnesota Vikings. Hey, everybody, and we're back. Told you we would be. Um, we are working on taking our shows and shortening the roll-in, but the purpose of them is so that people can join, just like everybody here, from Aaron and Trevor and Stephen from Down Under, Joseph and Freddie, of course. Welcome to the show. But first, Darren, how are things up in the great white frozen north? Pretty, thro- pretty frozen, Dave. Still, <laughs> uh, minus minus thirty three Celsius today. <laughs> I didn't. I keep on forgetting to do the Fahrenheit. Uh, well, there's an the Fahrenheit. You know, I, uh, for, uh, zero Celsius is thirty two degrees, and you're getting down there where it's around there that they about equal out again. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, either way, it sounds cold. Which is great for keeping your beer. Uh, it is, yes. It is. Put it outside. The only thing is that, that this uh, temperature, it's going to freeze if you leave it out there very long. So you've got to want to do that. Oh, Joseph, I mean, uh, I, I like to have the A's come out naturally, not, <laughs> not be, you know, feel forced to do it. Uh, but uh, whatever. A, as a Canadian A, you got to. I don't say A very much, or at least I don't think I do, but maybe no, I do. You and don't. I don't. You're even from know the wrong part of Canada, I believe. Mm. Anyways, <laughs> let's get this show started. We'll flip over to. Whoop, that didn't work the way it was supposed to. I have full confidence in your production capabilities, Dave, so we'll, this will oh, get straightened away new. very quickly. All right, there's the old one. Now switch over. Oh, not happy. Oh, no. Well, folks, I had a boatload of graphics loaded, and it looked like they all just took a dump. Don't know why. Uh, I think this is the first show since I've upgraded with uh, the new beta. But, shit. Skull Raymond. Skull Raymond. Um, all right. I do still have the graphics. I'll just load them individually and cover up Darren's face or my face. Um, first one we either, want. Either, either one the viewers will appreciate. I'm sure. <laughs> um, first one's first. You wanted to talk about we are down to the final two. Final two in the GM search. 
And as uh, a lot of, uh, and there they are, Dave's got them up. And I'll, we'll have to, we may have to, I may have to learn how to pronounce uh, Adolfo Mensa's name properly mm -hmm. uh, if, he, if he becomes our GM. But it's, uh, it appears to be down to Ryan Poles and, uh, and Adolfo Mensa. Two as uh, two minority candidates. So the the Vikings, as we mentioned last week, a lot of diversity, a lot of minority candidates in the in the candidate GM candidates that they they were interviewing for the position, and it's come down to uh, Adolfo Mensa and Ryan Poles. Uh, we just uh, saw. I just saw a tweet. You probably did as well, Dave. Mm -hmm. That uh, can't remember who it's from, saying that uh, Poles, the the Vikings, uh, allegedly a source is saying that the that polls is the Vikings uh, choice for this, but that uh, he's also got a an offer with the bears or he may prefer the bears position. Don't know why that guy would, well, <laughs> doesn't say much for polls. If he prefers not, the bears. Oh. I've seen another tweet that says, Queasy is the preferred candidate. Um, <laughs> I've seen both. And I think they like both as candidates. Chicago also likes both as candidates, not just polls, but they also like Queasy um, or Queasy or Harvard pronounces his name. We'll find out. So I suspect whichever one gets one, the other one gets the other is my guess. We'll see. And I don't know at this point. Yeah, I, I don't know. We don't know which um, which which of the two candidates, whether polls or, or Adolfo Menzo, which franchise they prefer, or if they prefer either one. Uh, with with Chicago, you've got uh, a young potential franchise quarterback that you can that the GM can work with. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have to really worry about starting over at the quarterback position. In Minnesota, it's a bit more up in the air, as we know, because yes, you got an established, experienced guy who's. Um, everybody knows what he can and cannot do, and but uh, they also that GM has to you know factor in. Well, is is Cousins going to do? I keep Cousins? Uh, do I not keep him? What am I going to do? There, I think there's a bit more uncertainty on the Viking side of things for the quarterback position for these two GM finalists. Then I would argue over the Bears, where you know Fields is going to be the starter next year. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and you know that you got to get uh, a head coach and a coaching staff that can develop him properly, which didn't happen last year. Vikings fans hope that he continues not to be developed properly. Uh, <laughs> and and, um, and and on the Minnesota In good side, Chicago tradition. <laughs> yes, and on the Minnesota side, uh, there's again uh, the quarterback position is is uncertain. Even though Cousins is coming off a year that most people would would say was why would you want to get rid of the guy but we've talked about why you'd want to get rid of cousins probably on every show we've done for two years now mm -hmm. um and and maybe there's i mean the financials is going to come into this as well for those two guys which who who gives them a sweeter deal uh and for the for the vikings and maybe even but it's a uh, position the city itself i wouldn't want maybe even the city itself that could but it's is, a position i wouldn't issue. want to skimp at um, being so important, I would hope the Wilfs would pony up whatever it took to get the guy they actually want. Now, things I'm hearing is Ryan Poles is more the football guy, right? Played mm -hmm. football, um, grew up as a lineman. I love my lineman. Went into scouting, 
right? You, we know we've all heard what he's done for Kansas City. And before that, and especially last year, rebuilding Kansas City's line, he's involved some way. He's not the mastermind, but involved some way in the whole getting the best quarterback in the league right now and Pat Mahomes, you know, stuff like that. And the one thing I heard that came out of his interview is he still believes we can be competitive. And the Wilfs like that. They want that. They said it in their presser. They believe we can be competitive. And yes, it'd be nice to be competitive. Yes. And I want like 12 wins competitive. But we'll see. There's half the group of the ones interviewing that come from the business side, led by Brzezinski, right? And it's a whole group. I think there's about six of them that are doing the interviewing. That like the business side and the analytics side, and that they're leaning towards Queasy. They like that his background coming in as a lawyer, as a business guy, as yes, he has sports in his background. He's not. I saw it's jock versus nerd. Well, no, it's not jock versus nerd. Queasy mm-hmm. played basketball in college. It's not. Yeah, yeah he's and he's an athletic and div, dude div, too. At uh, Div One. Yeah, so um, it was Ivy League, but still, it's Jock it's and Jock. One. one may be more traditional, and the other one may be more nerdy with the analytics. But it's these guys are there, so it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. They have interviews scheduled for Tuesday and Wednesday. I'm trying to remember who was first. Um, we all worry about Chicago poaching, but if they poach. It is what it is. Um, I think both these. Well, I, think that, I think both, both these individuals these, uh, impressed and blew, you know, the original Zoom interviews and those things. From what I heard, lasted like four to six hours away. So if they both do, um, you want a tiebreaker, and that tiebreaker I think is going to come down to the in on-site visits. Come this week. Yeah, like you, as you were saying, you, you don't want the Bears to to poach one of your finalists. You want to be the one picking the guy that you want and getting him. But uh, if you've got two excellent candidates, um, it, it's you're you know I think you're in a win win either way because it, you're going to get a you you feel good about both candidates. Maybe you like one a little bit more than the other. And then it sounds like internally with the Vikings GM search committee is that they're kind of split on who they like more than the other. Right. Uh, I don't know. So we'll see what the, 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 the deciding factor would be. But uh, I mentioned last week with polls, um, both Adolfo Mensa and polls have been uh, the players that have been drafted uh, with the organizations that they've been in and with polls, he's been with the chiefs the whole time. He's worked up basically from ball boy to where he is now. Right. And, uh, and um, they've uh, both, there's been some very good players picked from both team by both teams that they've been on. But uh, for the, for polls, I think maybe the Trump card is that, like you said, he was there. Don't know what impact I- impact he had on it, what role he had it, but Mahomes was picked while he was with Kansas city, right. the best quarterback in the NFL. And of course the Vikings have whiffed for so long since <laughs> basically since, since they, they drafted Culpepper on the quarterback position that uh, maybe that is the Trump deciding factor. Um, that would be something certainly I'd be looking card. at over the ponder pick 
Yeah, well, so are, so are Vikings fans. That's what I'm saying. The Vikings yeah. fans are still scarred over the ponder pick. If when you get into talking about, well, should we draft? And it's like, oh no, it could be another ponder. And it's like, folks, you got to roll the dice. Yeah, it's sometimes, just- yeah, sometimes you got to take your shot like the Bears did last year and like the Vikings tried to do apparently. Uh, but um, I, I hope that the Vikings do come up to uh, make a decision this week and early this week. We know the Giants selected Schoen from the Bills, so now they're going to start working on uh, the head coach. Uh, up until this point, no, no new head coaches have been hired, which I find a bit odd. Uh, and we had three teams looking for a GM. Now one has them. Now the Bears and the Vikings do not, but are getting close. Uh, I'd like to see a GM in next week so we can get to that next important piece, which is hiring the head coach, and and then you, you know start working on uh, you know the, the assistant coaches and figuring out your needs positionally on the team and how you're going to address those. Yeah, start evaluating. Andrew brought up. Do you think the logical choice for polls is Biennemi? And we'll get into that, Andrew, here in a little bit when we talk about the coaches. Um, there are connected coaches to each of these two, Queasy and Ryan, on who they might go. So it's an interesting thought process. I recommend, if you haven't listened already, and you like Matthew Collar. Uh, I don't know if he's got it behind the paywall today. Well, he shouldn't. The podcasts aren't behind the paywall. Uh, his latest podcast was with the former director of personnel for the Bills, who's now, I think, USFL commissioner type deal. He's got something in the USFL. Um And he talked about how the whole idea of what a GM does and a director of player personnel is the right-hand man. Everybody that we interviewed for the GM spot is basically the right-hand man, no matter what their title was. That's who they are. And how it works from scouting department to coaching, the um, how they're involved with players, how GMs think about it, who, if a GM has control over the roster, if a GM is the sole decision maker and dominates, disregards other things, if they work with them, if the coach is the, uh, has the control over the roster, how the whole GM head coach stuff dynamic works. It was a very, very good podcast to listen to. You will gather wonderful golden nuggets of information from it. And you will also see some of the failures that happened in the previous administration, which unfortunately did happen because we are ringless. Um, or the mm-hmm. Vikings are. And we all want a ring uh, for the team. And we all want that Super Bowl win before we die. Hopefully many of them. I'd love to turn into the Patriots fans where we're arrogant because we won, you know, a boatload of them all at once. Or Dallas fans. I could deal with yeah. that. So could I. Brian uh, uh, corrected me mentioning that the, the Raiders are also looking for a GM, which, yes, uh, that was a uh, um, thank you, Brian, for pointing that out. They are looking for a GM, uh, but got into the process a little bit later than the other three teams. So I think that we've got a, a, a you know a head start on the Raiders uh, and we've got two finalists now. So 
uh, mm-hmm. one of those guys hopefully will get announced soon yep. as the new GM for the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, Freddie, we had the 69 NFL championship and we left the trophy in a gas station. That is supposedly one of the rumors why the team is cursed. Um, <laughs> of course, we lost, we know what happened in that Super Bowl that year. Um, Andrew, do you you wrote, do you know if the Wilfs are vetting this first round of coaching interviews, then getting the GM's blessing? Yes, they are supposedly involved with those. They said beforehand they will, the GM will have a say, will contribute to whoever they choose as head coach. Now, which indicates the Wolves are choosing the head coach as well, and I don't really have a hard issue with that as long as the GM gets to say, hey, yes, whoever it is, I can work with them, we're, we can be a team, you know, and it may come in that the Wolves have started and they got this bucket, and that's our next topic is head coaches, and I have a slide for it. Uh, You'll find it, Dave. Yes, I'll find it. Here, let's see if I stick it in the middle, what happens. Oh, hey, that works. Um, Hey, yes. Here are the guys that are interviewed. We knew there was originally seven and eight on the list. They have interviewed six of them so far. Uh, Joseph, can we go live tonight? San Francisco knocks out Green Bay. Huh. It's not a bad idea. I, it's not a bad idea, Joseph. Shoot me a PM. Uh, <laughs> we'll probably narrow it down to two to three choices and let the GM pick. That's possible, Clifford. I don't know if that is the case, however. Um, the GMs may come in and say, hey, yeah, you got your two and three. I want to add so-and-so-and-so-and-so into the mix, too. Right now, when it comes to head coaches, since we have entered division weekend, divisional playoff weekends, you cannot interview anybody that's on a team that's in the playoffs until they are eliminated. So um, I don't expect any more interviews to pop up on their site, you know, saying, hey, we just completed an interview with Matthew Hackett, or whatever his first name is, of the Packers. Is that Nathaniel? Nathaniel Hackett. Either way, he likes green, and we don't like green, so go jump in the lake. I, I have no idea. So, But these are the six guys that have been interviewed so far. Have you any opinion on those, Darren? What um, the... I, I wasn't really initially very – well, one opinion is I don't want more. Uh, I think that he's not ready to be a head coach, and I really wasn't all that impressed with what he did with the Cowboys' offense, particularly from basically midway through the season on. And if you look at uh, – they looked at their offense last week against the 49ers. Granted, the 49ers uh, have a very good defense, but when you got CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Schultz has been a pretty good tight end. you got that offensive line. you got Dak Prescott. You got a very solid running game with Pollard and Elliott. You should be one of the top five offenses in the NFL. And they they were, they were, they were, but I, you know, I think that, you know, uh, I I don't think that uh, more did anything 
like good, great players make offensive and defensive coordinators look good. Uh, we see that all the time. Uh, the hot shot is, does very well for a Super Bowl winning team. And then he moves over to the Jacksonville Jaguars and the offense or the defense that he's running is, is crappy because he doesn't have the same talent. But uh, what, I, what worries me about more is that I really didn't see him doing uh, like he, the Cowboys offense did not uh, overachieve. Uh, and in my mind, they, they played the way I would expect them to play. I don't, and the way they played last week and later on in the season, their offense was struggled a lot of times. They did have players out, but I don't think he's like a, a deep, a difference maker. And I don't know one thing. Another thing I worry about is his command of, of a room and, and, and a leader of men. And, uh, one of the things I was reading earlier this morning was about how, um, it was actually from Jeremy Fowler, who used to be a Vikings beat writer in the twin cities. And now he's ES one of ESPN's NFL guys, but uh, he was talking about how in the Vikings, um, organization right now, they're really talking about, uh, the, the, the name Mike Tomlin comes up a lot. And mm-hmm. because he, the Wilfs know that, they knew he was a head coaching candidate and probably we should have maybe made him the head coach instead of keeping Chile around, but uh, that, that ship has sailed. Uh, but they want, yeah, they're looking for a Mike Tomlin. Yeah. 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 They're looking for a Mike Tomlin kind of personality. Somebody and they who's selected very, Tomlin. So they're probably yeah. kicking themselves ever since. Um. Yes, uh, they, you know, Tomlin was uh, considered, they saw and knew he was a star from the get-go. It's worked out very well for him for Pittsburgh, but they're looking for a coach who has that kind of command of a locker room. And uh, what Fowler's article today and Dan Graziano is the other writer of that was talking about how Dan Quinn is gaining traction there because he's got that kind of uh, personality. I- I've never heard that about him, but he did a very good job with the Cowboys defense this year. Um, Bowles, and uh, Bowles, I like because I feel he's he's an excellent, excellent defensive coordinator. Yes, he didn't do well with the Jets as a head coach, but nobody does, and I don't hold that against him. <laughs> I think I think that he would be, uh, and really, our defense, if he's gonna, is the one that thing that really needs fixing on this team. Um, so I like him, Morris. I've been sort of lukewarm about. Uh, the Gannon from the Eagles, you know, uh, they again kind of lukewarm on him. Uh, I found out something didn't interesting really... I didn't realize this week about him. He was what Jerry Gray's assistant DB coach here in Minnesota. Okay. When when we had all those good defenses, I think it was fourteen through seventeen. Um, he was the assistant DB coach, which. I hadn't realized he had, so. There's his connection to Minnesota. He's been here, mm-hmm. um, and Hackett. I hadn't really thought too much of him. You know, the, the one thing is, yeah, you know, he comes from the green and gold. Uh, we don't want to be taking their their guys. Um, all that I'm not always all that keen about it, but uh, he's an interesting individual. Uh, he's had a, a very good uh, relationship, and he's he's apparently, from what I've read, his uh, he's had a great impact on Aaron Rodgers' play since he's been with them. And Rodgers was kind of declining until Hackett got there, and when he, Hackett got there, things got uh, have you know since then Rodgers is like probably going to win two straight MVPs. Um, and our offense needs some work too. So he's a, a, an intriguing candidate for me, but, uh, I like 
you know, it'd be him and Bowles would be the guys that really intrigue me the most. Uh, I'm kind of with you with Dan Quinn. Uh, he's been there. He's done that. He was in Atlanta. He did get to the Super Bowl, but they 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 did the Zimmer thing and 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 slid down and got worse and worse every year after. I don't know if uh, I don't know. It's it it's one of those things where Bowles and Quinn are retreads, but somehow for some reason I feel more bullish on Bowles coming here than than Dan Quinn. Uh, they're both defensive guys. Well, there's uh, the, most of the the most of the list is defensive guys. Let's go to the next part of the yeah. list. Um, Joseph had an interesting deal that uh, it's been awful quiet on the Doug Peterson front. That is interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but yes. All right. On the original list of head good candidates. Because <laughs> I don't want Peterson here. two that have yet to be interviewed. The defensive coordinator for the Rams and the defensive coordinator for the Niners. So uh, is O'Connell the defensive or offensive? He's the offensive. Is he the offensive? Right, for the okay. Yeah. Well, if I default to defense, it's because most of them are defense, and I got a 50-50 chance yep. that ups my odds. Sorry, got that wrong. Yeah, I did. Yeah, with well, those two, O'Connell is the one I'm not all that really. Uh, again, I'm lukewarm about. Uh, I don't think he calls plays with the LA. I mean, Sean McVay's doing all of that sort of stuff. So you've got kind of a, a Brad Childress situation here, where you, yeah, yeah, sure, the Rams are a very good team. Their offense is very good. Uh, how much is O'Connell uh, responsible for that? I don't know. Last year, when Staley got uh, when Staley got the head coaching job. Uh, well, he'd been calling all the plays and running the defense for the Rams, which was the be- probably the best defense, one of the best defenses in the NFL last year. So you can see why uh, teams would be interested in him. Uh, um, but O'Connell not ca- calling the plays, uh, I'm not that big on. Ryan's, on the other hand, uh, you saw last week against Dallas and uh, when the 49ers and the Vikings played, you saw what kind of defense he's running. Um, you know, a, and a 37-year-old young uh, was a great, a very good player in the NFL. So he's been there, done that. And uh, he has, uh, what I've read, he's kind of like Tomlin in the way that uh, enthusiastic, commands a room very well, a great leader of guys. And, uh, and you know, as not only, and his playing experience would, I think, help with that a lot because uh, when he's got players under his tutelage, well, mm-hmm. they can see his resume as a player that uh, this guy uh, was a, knows what he's talking about and he was able to do it on the field uh, when he was a, um, a professional football player as well. I like uh, the idea of, I, you know, I, I would, you know, I like Ryan's. I, I think, you know, he'd be a fresh face. And uh, he's obviously done a very good job with the 49ers defense while he's been there. Um, yeah, uh, if he was to be the guy, I, I would, you know, I would, I would feel pretty good about that. Interesting. Now we'll go to the next list. <laughs> Not on the list, and this is just three of the head coach or head coach candidates we talked about earlier. Before this all got fired up, there's three that are not on the list. You have Brian Bieniemy, you have uh, Byron Lefwich, and of course uh, Ryan Dayball. And Ryan Dayball just put a beat down on the Patriots. 
massive beatdown. Why aren't they on the list? Um, with Lethwich, I would yeah. I Go was ahead. about to say, you could add Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson isn't on the list. And there's a whole slew of others that could have been on the list that aren't there either. Um, we originally talked about, I sent you the, the graphic, and now I can't find it. Oh, here we go. Josh McDaniel, he isn't on the list. Joe Brady, not on the list. Mike McDaniel, surfer McDaniels from the 49ers, surfer boy. He's not on there on the list. And then, of course, long shot QB coach Mike Kafka, Kafka from the um, Giants. I don't know how anybody on the Giants would <laughs> go to staff uh, would be getting the Chiefs. Yeah. The Chiefs. Pardon me. Yeah. Kafka is the Chiefs. Um, Lethwich, it, 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 early on, he, he got yes, interviewed Lord, with Jacksonville, and, and, and the whole uh, thing was, well, he's going to Jacksonville. Well, so far, Jacksonville hasn't, hasn't uh, chosen a head coach yet. Uh, Biennemi, it's interesting if uh, he might be added to the list. If Poles gets the GM job, then, uh, if, uh, then potentially he could say, you know, uh, Ziggy and Mark, um, one of the guys we need to add is Eric Biennemi. If the enemy doesn't get added to that list, if polls get a job, I think that uh, our friend Ted Glover made a good point this morning uh, on another uh, social media channel saying if if polls gets the GM job and Eric Bienemy is not um, doesn't get an interview, that says a lot about the enemy uh, yes. and not good stuff uh, that a guy in the the Chiefs front office who would know that coaching staff inside out, and he doesn't recommend that the enemy gets an interview. Whew. You know, that's kind of damning, uh, damning uh, omission there. Um, what does surprise me, and one guy I wish would get a look, is Brian Dable, uh, the mm-hmm. guy at the bottom of, of the, fo- of the yeah. photo there. Like you, like you said, if you were looking at, if you are a Viking fan last week and you were looking at uh, watching the Bills, uh, who were up by 27 points in the in, in the fourth quarter, taking deep shots into the end zone? Uh, you were probably like drooling, thinking about what Dable could do. Oh, with, you don't you don't understand with half this of it. That would with, have been with this offense. It, we were sitting there, and I even did a slide for it. We were sitting there talking during that game, just to let everybody know. And uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? There it is. And it was 30 to 10. And uh, I want to say going into the third quarter or in the third quarter. And did they take their foot off the pedal and, you know, hand off, hand off, hand off? No. This is a blood feud like the Hatfield McCoys. And they just gassed it, added a little extra nitro, and they poured it on. I want a head coach that has that sort of mentality. I agree. And Dayball is a guy, uh, 46 years old. He's uh, been around the block. You know, he's a very experienced NFL coach. He's been with the, the Jets. He's been with the Browns. Uh, he was with the Patriots, not as an offensive coordinator, but he's with the Patriots, was with three Super Bowl winning teams there. 
I uh, moved over to the Bills in 2018. The last two years, uh, 2020, you had the second best scoring offense in the NFL, uh, according to Football Outsiders. They had the fifth fifth overall offense, or the fifth offense, they're the fifth best offense by their DVOA ranking. This year, uh, they were 10th by football outsiders, but they had the third best scoring offense in the NFL. So this is an explosive offense, very uh, scores a lot of points. Uh, and it, I'm just surprised that Dable wouldn't have been on the, the, oh, the, the Vikings initials. candidates, the initial list. He seems like an obvious guy. You, you had an offense last year, the Vikings offense, very stale, middle of the road, but you've got you know, we're going to talk about them in a little bit more. Vikings fans, we know the talent that is on that Vikings, uh, the Vikings team. And uh, again, you you got a guy who's aggressive. Uh, he's runs. A, he's turned Josh Allen into a star. There, uh, he's got a creative offense. Makes use of all of his weapons: Diggs, Beasley, uh, Knox, and I don't know what's considering what the Bills offense has done the past two years. And we also, Buffalo is not the easiest place to play offense in. You know, you've got a lot of time of the year. You've got windy, cold, not really great conditions. And the Bills don't have the, the you know, they've had a, a decent running game, but they, they don't depend on the run either. They're a pass first uh, offense and they get Josh Allen scrambling around and making great plays. But I don't know what's not to like about, Brian Dable, why not bring well, him in there's a bonus at least to kick the tires like on that guy? He looks like my son-in-law. They could have been separated <laughs> at birth. That's <laughs> just it's, it's one of those things. Funny. I want to welcome Karthik. Uh, hey, buddy. I hope your team kicks that cheeser ass tonight. And thanks for joining us. And Lauren, and yeah, Lauren uh, below has mentioned that uh, with shown. Uh, going as GM to the Giants that a lot of people are reading the tea leaves and saying that Dable is going to end up there as the head coach. And that very well could happen. But I would like to see the Wilfs and, and the, new, the, next, the new GM for the Vikings, whenever we select them, uh, at least try to interview this guy and see if he can change their minds about who they think the head coach should be. Should be. I 100% agree with you. And Laura and I had heard that too. And I also heard that uh, it's not shown, it's shame. Is the proper pronunciation. But do I care? No, because he's a giant. That's um, right. <laughs> my son <laughs> Mackie. Phil Mackey. That, that, that's funny. No, he's not Phil, but uh, that is funny. Uh, there is that general, the bald head, the beard, the whole works. Uh, the, my son-in-law is a big man, too. Um, should be interesting. Should be interesting. All right, let's move on. Your next topic on the list was let's think about some offensive coordinators. And I even did a picture. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Of the ones we've had under Mike Zimmer. (laughs) Now, there's a stellar group there. I would say four out of the six weren't bad. Yeah, the not weren't bad. Um, the reason we bring up offensive coordinators is because uh, looking at the the Vikings' offense in 2021, uh, very 
very disappointing output for for the offense. Uh, they ended up being the the fourteenth fourteenth in the league in scoring, and the football outfi- outsiders had them ranked as the sixteenth uh, best offense, the sixteenth ranked offense according to their DVOA rankings. And if you look at their their pass and run yard, you know, pass and running stats. Again, uh, not inside the top in the top ten, or in, or you know, even higher than that. Uh, it was a very middle of the road offense, uh, which is pretty hard to believe when you when you look at the talent we had. You got Justin Jefferson, you got Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen when he's healthy. KJ Osborne emerged as a very good third down receiver. Even Tyler Conklin had well over 50 catches and was a solid tight end and and yet you've got a middle of the road offense and really the Vikings head coach and GM really have to look at bringing in an offensive coordinator who can take that talent and bring the offense and take it out of the 1990s that it was in with under the Mike's in the Mike Zimmer years and bring it into 2021, 22, where I'll, and do and incorporate things that offenses are doing now. Lots of pre-snap motion, jet sweeps, uh, wide receiver screens. Yeah, but uh, we did and, a bunch of that, that sort and of stuff. Just, I, I think I don't think the necessarily that the offense. Well, I shouldn't say that the scheming was bad. There is some bad scheming, but the scheme overall, I thought was decent, produced points. If you look back a year to the previous season, Kubiak had him producing points. Same basic offense was run this year. I think I think we have a problem with who's the captain of that offense and how he runs it, but that's just me. And as I referred to that podcast by... Um, Matt, Matthew Matt, Collar, Matt Collar and the former director of personnel former director of personnel said the number key number one thing to getting a good team is you got to find that quarterback and he goes into what he's looking for in that quarterback and then he said this his approach was the second thing is to stop that quarterback and he focuses on a defensive rush defensive ends in particular um but he said there are different philosophies on how you build it. One is you find that quarterback and you give him weapons, right? And that produces. Or you find quarterback and give you know the defense weapons and produces. But his whole sticking point was if you had a middling quarterback that ranks around 15-ish, somewhere in there, 10 to 15, you've got to have a kick-ass defense if you hope to win games and go far. Because without it, he can't get you there, right? And it, and he goes, it doesn't matter who the weapons are. If you have that quarterback, he's going to make whoever you have look good. Um, and there's a there's a true point of that. And and he's he gave examples of quarterbacks that are good that didn't have hardly anybody and made it to the playoffs, right? And it's all on how you approach it and how you build it. He said. The Minnesota Vikings have some kick-ass weapons. We do. You take those guys on the screen. Add Irv Smith back into it next year, and hopefully we retain um, Conklin as well. I don't think that's happening, but, but anyway. It probably isn't, but those weapons are there. They're great. They're, that's, that's one of the reasons that makes the Minnesota Vikings such an attractive 
spot for head coaching candidates and GM candidates, but especially head coaching candidates. Now, maybe why the Wilfs are going heavy on defense is because they realize that defense needs fixed. But it's going to be interesting how they do it. That group of people there on the screen should have produced a hell of a lot more than they did. And I think that's your point. Um, yeah, and it's yeah unforgivable that we could be the 14th, uh, 14th in, in scoring uh, in the NFL last year with the guys – that you've got on the screen there, even even with an offensive line that was uh, average overall, I, I, I think uh, a better offensive line would have made average? it better. But I haven't looked. Well, I just I'm not going by rankings. I'm just okay. going by what I saw during the year. I would I would say that I, I would average. I wouldn't grade them as a as a top echelon unit by okay. any stretch. They weren't they weren't the worst in the league either, but they were somewhere in that okay range, which is okay, but considering where a lot of those guys were drafted, you'd think we'd be doing better. They'd be performing better. But but, but again, offensive coordinator are going to be a key hire for the new head coach and finding a guy that I think that can make do things. Maybe, you know, it might not, it's not going to have to be a drastic overhaul of what the Vikings do, but you're still going to want to run play action a lot if you've got Cousins there because that's what he does well at, and and you're wow. you're still going to want to run the ball because you got Dalvin Cook right. in He's there, and, and I don't and I don't care. Uh, I'm not even worried about the pass run ratio if we if if we if do like the 49ers well. and we're making getting a gazillion yards running the ball all the time, then run the ball. If that's how you're, if that's moving it, right? But, but the predictable play calling, the not good use of the, you know, the assets that we have, and at some points in this year, we didn't even try to get the ball to those assets, like Justin Jefferson and Thielen getting two or three catches in, you know, that stretch of two or three ball games. It just right. can't happen with this offense and with those playmakers there. Need an offensive coordinator who's who's got fresh ideas and can make the best use of the talent that we have. That's who I want. And uh, Will, that's going to be a big, big hire. And Miriam going to be a key guy. Especially if, well, it's key no matter what, but it's especially key if they hire a defensive guy as head coach. He's got to nail that offensive coordinator, you know, right off the get-go. And once we find out who the head coach candidate is, that's going to get real interesting as well. On the defensive side, Say they hire one of the offensive guys as head coach. You could always, always keep Andre Patterson and say, hey, you're the def- defensive coordinator, true defensive coordinator. You're calling the shots. Um, uh, Zimmer's kid is gone. Uh, he won't stay, but Andre Patterson still under contract. All the, all the under coaches are under contract. The new coach will decide who he keeps and who he, who he lets go. Um, but the key is that offense and the key is an aggressive offense. I think that's what it will take the Minnesota Vikings up to that next level where we're winning 12 plus games a year and you have to win 12 plus games to be a contender on a regular basis. Uh, I think part of that is quarterback and quarterback change. We shall see. Um, Darison O'Neill, Corner Bryan are very good anchors. Yes, they are. Center and guard are 
right guard in particular are the sticking points on the offensive line. You have nailed it, Brian. Uh, and I, yeah, and I, I think even Cleveland has to pull up, uh, get, get better as well. I think that hole in well, he uh, is, now maybe he, he has was, been improving. So, and he's not bad. He's actually decent, um, and he hasn't been improving. And a first year at left guard. So, and you know, drafted as a tackle. So let's make him a guard. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say that because I've always said most guards were tackles in college, but. The whole idea he was drafted as a tackle to play tackle, and they made him a guard. He's mud water and underwater under the bridge now. All right, we'll get to the last topic. Cornerbacks. Who needs cornerbacks? And the yes, Vikings Brian, do. can't fix everything at once. It's going to be a build. I expect two to three years. So don't expect the Super Bowl next year. If we do great, hey, enjoy it. If we do lousy, hey, enjoy it. That means a higher draft pick, and we might get the quarterback we need after that. So, 2021 starters at the beginning of the season, you had three of them. Rashad Breland, Mackenzie Alexander in a slot, and the old man, Patrick Peterson, on the other side. We did, and really... Uh, those are all guys that were brought in by the Vikings on one-year deals uh, because it, as, as Viking fans saw in 2020, we had an inexperience. We went rolled into that season with, with Gladney, Holton Hill, and Cam Dantzler as the, as the three main guys. Then we had to go to the uh, course, 7-11 and pick up some more halfway during the season. We had to. And uh, Holton Hill – when he wasn't getting burned while he was playing, he was burning, burning some uh, doobies <laughs> off in in his off uh, field off hours, hours uh, and off hours that sort of thing. So that the Vikings needed to to had to full. And we know what happened to Gladney. Uh, very uh, disgusting incident with him and his uh, one of, and his girlfriend uh, got cut after a few months after that and when he got charged uh so they brought in breland mac alexander and patrick peterson and really and breland didn't make the full the make it through a whole season with the vikings they cut him late in the year mackenzie alexander uh he really got targeted more and more as the year went on uh and and peterson i thought was just okay um those guys, I don't know if any of them will be back, which means that really the Vikings right now, they've got Cam Dancer probably as a starter on, on the outside. They need a slot corner, and they need a starter on the outside opposite Dantzler. Uh So just like last week when we were talking about the linebacker position and how the Vikings have a lot of work to do there because Bear probably isn't coming back, you've got Kendricks, and then after that a lot of question marks. Uh, the cornerback position is pretty much exactly the same. We got Dantzler, the guys we have under contract are Cam Dantzler. You got Chris Boyd, who's been going to his fourth year, uh, basically a special teamer. The Vikings usually don't play him in the games unless they absolutely have to. Harrison Hand, 2020 fifth round draft pick. We didn't see him very much at all last year, although he played a fair bit his rookie year. Uh, Miles Dorn is on there as listed as a corner, but 
I think he's more of a safety these days. And then you got Perry Nickerson as a signed a reserve futures contract um, on January the 10th. So that those are the five guys we have under contract. And really only Dancer is the one you'd want to see on the field on a regular basis. So the Vikings have got a lot of work to do and they have to do something about this cornerback position. And uh, I don't, I don't think Mac Alexander is going to be brought back. A, we don't know what the new head coach, uh, what he thinks about any of those, like Peterson or Mac Alexander. Maybe he thinks both of them are trash and and doesn't want to bring them back. Maybe uh, we don't know what he values on, under as a corner. But um, some of the free agents. Uh, so the Vikings are going to have to, of course, to build a cornerback depth and get. Uh, build that position up and and get the players that we need you're going to have to look at uh, besides who you got on your own roster you got to look at free agency and then you got to look at the draft free agency there's a lot of guys potentially that will be available i think the uh, some of those will end up resigning with their teams right now the kind of the plums are jc jackson and i'd say Traverius ward from the chiefs so um they would be the, the the plums, and if Poles gets in as GM, maybe he, maybe he's going to uh, target a guy like Ward because he knows him quite well from mm-hmm. Kansas City, or maybe the GM and the head coach will try to look at getting some some of the potential free agents who are in their mid twenties but don't have uh, aren't as haven't had uh, don't have as big a names, but maybe they can uh, get them at a cheaper price and be diamonds and then, in the rough. Get them coached up. And get that, them coached that's up. Somebody like thing. Who's going to be, you know, this has yeah. all got to cascade down. Once we find out who's the head coach, who's he keeping from this staff? Who's he bringing in to his new staff? Who's going to be the new DB guy? Who's going to be, you know, all that stuff has yet to be decided. Once we know some of those things, we'll know better what the what what route they may take um then they they've got to sit down and they've got to evaluate the entire roster player by player they've got to evaluate all the contracts are they worth it then all the free agents that are available are they worth it and then then the draft plays into that and can they fill so it's going to take some time but we'll be here Help, yeah. yeah, I think free agency wise, the, the Vikings, again, there's some guys like Levi Wallace from the Bills, maybe a guy like Carlton Davis from the Bucks. These are just, these are guys who are in their mid 20s. They're not really starters for their teams, but they could be coached up. They have potentially the option. Sidney Jones is another guy with the Seahawks, hasn't had a very good pro career, but he's young. He was highly drafted with Jacksonville at the time, those could be guys that could be more diamonds in the rough that you could get a reasonable price, add to your depth. They come in uh, competing for a starting job. And like you said, if they get coached up, right, they could really make a a better impact than maybe some of these uh, more well-known guys. Uh, And then the draft, uh, really the, I think the Vikings are going to look pretty seriously at trying to get one of the top, more highly rated uh, corners with that, pick in that they have and uh, I think it's 14 or 12 at the moment uh Daryl Stingley probably is going to get chosen before they the Vikings pick but a guy like Ahmad Gardner from Cincinnati Trent McDuffie from 
from the University of Washington, uh, maybe Booth Jr. from Clemson. Those are all guys that that uh, the Vikings could target early. And then like, the Vikings are also going to have to, with the mid-round picks, they're going to have to, I think, look corner as well and look at some of those uh, lower-tier cornerbacks and see if they can you know get a steal in the in the you know somewhere in the third fifth and sixth round uh because they don't have a lot right now under contract at corner uh they don't right now have a whole lot of money to sign guys in free agency and and so uh you're either i think the draft is going to be where you're going to have to get some more depth and talent uh, and that, you know, so a, like a lot, a lot of work needs to be done at the corner position. And it's a big concern for me going into 2022 because, uh, yeah, you know, you can have a great pass rush, but if your corners can't cover anybody, I don't know. Better get that pass rush, better get there quick. Yep. Better get there quick. So. Like linebacker, cornerbacks got a, there's going to be a lot of flux and a lot of I think a lot of movement and a lot we're going to see some new names in there both through the draft and free agency, and uh, it's going to be very very interesting to see what that position looks like come um, July when the Vikings hit training camp. Mm-hmm. Now, I expect the GM to be announced, the new GM to be announced either Wednesday. Afternoon, evening, or Thursday morning. I think we'll have a decision there. And then I expect at least another week on the head coach. Do you agree, disagree? Sorry, I was just texting somebody there, but <laughs> my daughter. But uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm hoping that the GM gets selected early next week, and then we move well, on. They don't interview until Tuesday or Wednesday, so it's not going to be before Wednesday. That'll be early next week. That'll be early enough for me. But I, I think that uh, if you you can make a decision by at least Friday of next week, and then and then you move. I think uh, they've already done an, the first interviews for you know a lot of the guys that they're interested in. They've got a start there, but and I think the new GM will help I identify think, who where they want to go from there, whether it be guys they've already interviewed or adding some more to the list. And I think by. You know, you know, by say, you know, January thirtieth, thirty first, and going into early February. At that point, you've got to be ready and make a decision on a head coach because at that point, uh, I you you got to think that the you know six or seven other teams looking for a head coach uh, will have made their decisions by then too, and you don't want to lose out on on a guy that you want. Well, if they find a guy that they want, if the GM is like, "Hey, I want this guy," right? They need to press, do everything for that. Because uh, the GM and the coach working together is the most important thing towards building a good team. They've got to be able to do that. Yep. And as we discussed last week, that was not happening apparently with the Vikings in the last. Not after 2017. Nope. Yeah. Anyways, with that, have you got any final words for the viewers? Just really uh, waiting to see who the Vikings select as general manager. Is it going to be Poles or is it going to be Odofo Mensa? I think once we get there, get there, uh, we'll all a lot of Viking fans will be listening in on that GM, the first uh, press availability to hear what his 
what he's tell, what messages he's throwing to the the Viking fans about his vision for the team and how he's going to go about picking players and what's he's going what's he's going to be looking for for the next head coach. I think that's where things are really going to get rolling for the Vikings off season as far as uh, you know, seeing what this team is going to look like from the front office down to the coaching staff in 2022. Get the GM hired, and we'll start. Things will start rolling from then, and then we start. Might even start hearing about uh, what plans the Vikings have for some of the players that they have, uh, veterans they have on team, like Hunter, like Thielen, uh, like Harrison Cousins, Smith. what, um, yeah, like Harrison Smith. Guys what are the, what are their guys with value? What what are they going to do with them? Keep them on the team, or try to uh, peddle them and get some draft capital and get younger. And cheaper. We won't know until then. But we'll be here. Climbing the pocket will be here. Join us Monday. Because uh, CTP Mondays is transitioned. I've already got everything built for Mock Draft Mondays. Hopefully it'll work under this new beta. Um, It worked in test. So we'll find out. (laughs) <laughs> Joseph, Dave, live tonight for Packers Funeral. We might just have to do that, Joseph. We right. just might have to do that. It's not a bad idea if they lose this game that we pop on towards the end. Maybe I can grab the great and wonderful Flip Mozzie. Who knows? We shall see. Until then, last words there, Darren. I have said all I can say right now, Dave. The only last word is skull, baby. Skull Vikings. Let's hope this works. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.